Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. On this episode 135, we have none other than Shoan Lillycrap, the Welsh captain who announced her international retirement last week. We talk all about the World Cup, where Welsh rugby is now, where it's come from, her personal journey, the club scene with Gloucester Hartbury, and a little quickfire section as well of her best and worst moments of her career. That's coming up. But first, a little bit of sevens and domestic news for you. Well, last weekend it was round three of the Premier 15s. Bristol beat DMP 84-12. Exeter triumphed 62-18 over Worcester. Quinn squeezed past Saracens 19 points to 10. And Sale, who enjoying their best ever start of the season, beat Loughborough by a single point, 15 points to 14. And Wasp fell to their third defeat, finishing 67-3 against Gloucester Hartbury. So Gloucester Hartbury lead the way on 14. Sale also 3 from 3 on 13 points. Exeter and Bristol make up that top four. This week, Loughborough host Exeter. Was travelled to DMP. Big game that one. Worcester take on Bristol. Sale visiting Harlequins. And the Chaps host Gloucester Hartbury in another big old game. Over in Ireland, a huge game on Friday night. The Energia AIL Ireland League Women's Division Final between Blackrock College and Railway Union, who are in touching distance of their third consecutive title. Railway overcame Old Belvedere 34-19 in the semi-final and UL Bowes were defeated 13-8 in the other. The final is at 7.45. Tickets still available or you can watch it live on TG4. In the world of sevens, there's been a remodelling, a reshuffling of the World 7 Series, which will include seven festival-style events in seven iconic global destinations across seven months. See what they've done there. Featuring the best 12 men's and 12 women's teams and is set to kick off in December 2023. And, of course, the Sevens has started back up again, hasn't it? Over in the desert in Dubai, and Australia have picked up where they left off last season. They pretty much won everything last season, didn't they? They won the final over in Dubai, beating New Zealand. USA were third, France fourth. Ireland finished up sixth, and Team GB were down in eighth. The teams are off to Cape Town this weekend. But without further ado... Let's get to the main event of this podcast. Sean Lillycrap, capped 51 times per country. Brilliant player, fabulous person. It is an absolute uh, pleasure, as it always is, to have Sean Lillycrap on the uh, Women's Rugby Pod. Good morning to you, Captain My Captain. How are we? Yeah, very well, thanks, Johnny. Good. Nice and cold and crisp on this uh, on this morning. Yeah, it's freezing. Where's the sunshine? Get me back to New Zealand because it's summer out there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Oh, well, look, you've, you've segued beautifully into, yeah, we, the, today, um, obviously, with last last week's news um, of your uh, retiring from international rugby, wanted to to get back. Um, I've always been a, been a fan of you on the field and off the field. Um, and we just want to just take a meander down memory lane. But, um, yeah, you brought it up there. How was New Zealand? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I've never been to New Zealand, so it was cool to get to the country. And I think, you know, as Wales, we're a rugby mad nation, but I think they're just as rugby mad and everyone's interested in your rugby, you know, what you were doing out there and everyone was super friendly and it was a beautiful country. So, yeah, really enjoyed out there. And obviously the World Cup 
probably was taken to the next level out there um, with regards to the standards of playing and, and, and the way it was all run. So, yeah, it was, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to Ireland in, in 17 and then to experience this World Cup in New Zealand, which was very different to Ireland, but, you know, very good as well. So, yeah, it was amazing and, yeah, made lifelong memories. And to be able to tour as well with the squad and be away for nearly six weeks with the girls was, you know, was fab. So, yeah, it was, you know, when we went to Ireland, it was three weeks. So it was, it was a very different experience from that as well. So, it was, yeah, I loved it. I loved every moment. Best moments off the field? Was it jumping in waterfalls, playing silly games, dressing up night? Come on, what what was the what was the the highlight off the field? Yeah, I think oh, I don't know. There's there's a couple, but um, you know those bonds that you create with your with your teammates. Like <clears throat> as I say, we've never really torn together before, so that was that was massive. And even though I played with some of these girls for a, for a few years, I I created better friendships again. But yeah. Um, some of the beaches were fantastic. We had a day paddle boarding, um, pizzas on the beach. That was up there with one of the highlights because, you know, playing cricket on the beach, pizzas. We had this massive paddle board with six of us on, and we went out uh, to the waters and like we're out there for a while. That was, you know, that's where you create your your best memories when you do activities like that. So that was up there with one of the best days, and yeah, some of the waterfalls as well. But you know, as well, we had one or two good nights out as well after after it finished and really enjoyed that side of New Zealand as well, you know. I also think that's really important that when rugby's done as well, you can enjoy each other's company with a bit of downtime and uh, get out and, and enjoy yourself and relax. And we, we did that after we were knocked out as well. So we had a couple of good nights as a squad, which was uh, which was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly won't dig any further there because, as you know, <laughs> What goes on stays on, um, yeah. but I just wanted to pick up on something you said. You, you, you know, privileged enough to, to to be at a couple of World Cups, um, because a sense from from outside and, and as a broadcaster, yeah, of, of course you have your little spikes into camps and stuff. But just as a whole, it looked as though, yeah, it, it certainly had taken another level up. And I don't know what you did with a yeah post quarter final, whether you stuck around or not, or whether you came straight home. Got got straight back to the doggies um <laughs> but was there a sense on the on the ground that well this this is definitely another step up yeah definitely i think as well mainly from the spectator support the crowds that were there and we were fortunate enough obviously we had new zealand in in our pool so you know, scotland first game we knew that would be like a, a world cup final for us that was a must win game and managed to clinch it in the 84th minute and then um, New Zealand next, so host nation, which was outstanding, sellout crowd. And then we had um, Australia third, but New Zealand were playing straight after us. So, you know, the crowd again for that game that were coming in the stadium for our game, but also then support New Zealand after, you know, the stadium again was was sold out and the atmosphere was was unreal. So, yeah, I felt like it had taken from a crowd's perspective, spectator's perspective, uh, a step up. And I just felt like, you know, the quality of rugby is just getting better and better every time. And I think all nations are getting better. So, you know, everyone's got to keep banging that drum and enhancing resources and getting behind their squads because everyone's getting better. And we can see that from, you know, a little bit of professionalism that some nations have had and we've had of late. It really enhances performance and what we can do on the field. So, yeah. 
from that end, like it was brilliant. And then, you know, walking around Auckland, you know, the, the presence that was there was, was fantastic. fantastic. And then up in Van Grey was a bit different, you know, smaller community, but every person was interested, no matter what coffee shop you went into, um, no matter you walking around the streets, people wanted to know where you were from and like, we're getting behind it. And then, you know, the shops, it was only a small town centre, but the shops had sponsored sides. So like there was a Welsh sponsored sports shop there and they had Welsh flags up and stuff. So yeah, you know, the, everyone in the community got behind it in Van Grey, and I hope like it's inspired, you know, that part of the island really to to really get behind women's rugby. Um, just a couple of words on on, on the final. Um yeah, I mean, certainly right up there with one, one of the best games of women's rugby, um, or yeah, rugby we've probably ever seen. One of the certainly one of the best World Cup finals I think we, we, we we've ever seen. That semi final as well, New Zealand France was was brilliant. Um, you, just your take on on that final? Oh, I loved it. So yeah, got up. I was home by that point, but um, what a morning! Like I think I'll remember that game game forever. Watching you know, the emotions as well. I felt all the emotions as as a, a player from a different country that all of them went through. Um, it was fantastic. End-to-end stuff, you know, just excitement throughout and you didn't know who was going to win it down down to the wire. So, and, you know, lots of, lots of tries scored as well and the atmosphere in Eden Park looked electric. I, I agree with you. I think it was the best, one of the best rugby games I've seen. Well, definitely in a long time, if not the best rugby game I've seen and what an advert for women's rugby and hopefully you know people watch that and have got behind it if they haven't been women's rugby supporters before but you know I thought both teams were superb I thought the fairy tale really that of New Zealand over what they've been through and then Wayne Smith coming in and the transformation there um you know and and have faced them I thought they got better and better each game out when we played them so we played them game two and then we played them in the quarters and you know, watching them closely because they were in our pool and then we knew we we would face them. I thought they got better and better as the tournament went on and I thought well, that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, England are uh, England and they've been the best team in the world for a long time and, and they showed that, I thought, throughout the, the tournament. And, you know, I felt their heart dig at the end because of the way, way, way it, it ended for them. But, you know, I think, you know, knowing some of the girls as well, they're hurting, but they've got to take pride in what they've done for women's rugby because they have been the pioneers of, of change and, you know, that, that standard of professionalism and how, how they've played over the last few years. So I felt their heartache as well, but I love the fairy tale ending for New Zealand as well. So, you know, for the sport, it was absolutely amazing. As uh, someone from Wales, that's very magnanimous of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was, it was epic stuff. Look now that the, the, the dust has settled, um, You've had those those cuddles with the with the with the canines. Um, wow, what a greeting! I bet you had it was sensational, wasn't it? Um, but the dust has settled now. Um, how do you re- review Wales's performance? You know, being being the skipper, co-skipper through through the uh, through the tournament. Um, I, I suspect kind of eighteen months ago to get to a quarterfinal, you'd have said, um, "Yeah, I will bite off your your right arm, left arm, and, and both legs if that's okay." But no, just now the dust has settled. How? How is it? Um, how is it all settling with you? Yeah, good. You know, yeah, I agree. Like eighteen months ago, where with where we were, like you, bitten anyone's right arm off to to have reached the quarters. You know, I thought 
we did well in, in patches but could have done better as well in in other areas you know to win that Scotland game I thought we shown again that that resilience and that composure to come back and and, and win that game and you know that Kira Bevan kick um I thought we did extremely well first half against the Black had to be heard didn't it had to be Kira didn't it yeah, that to be Kira. <laughs> so we'll never live that down. But you know, yeah, we'll never, we'll never hear the end of that. But no. you know, fair play to her. We, the reality was, we'd concentrated on that Scotland game since they qualified. So you know that 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 preparation for that game was not just a few months. It was basically all of our professional, you know, era since January. You know, as soon as we we knew they'd kind of qualified, we were concentrating on how how we were going to win that game so that was massive and then you know to come on and she was you know balls of steel essentially you know she she took she took the kick and she put herself forward and was like no I've got this and you know I backed her and she looked she looked never in doubt to be fair to her so you know that, that's huge credit to to her um and then you know, I thought we probably played our best rugby actually that first half against our second game against the the Black Ferns. I thought, um, you know, set piece really fired. We didn't take all of our opportunities. If we'd taken our opportunities first half, we would have gone in a different score. We put a lot of pressure on them. They didn't have much possession and territory. And then second half, it, it flipped full cycle. If we could have maintained that pressure and taken our opportunities, you know, it would have been a different different day. And then probably Australia was probably our most Got in performance because we I don't think we played as best as we could have that day didn't have much opportunity out there and um even though you know we qualified for the quarters I think you know that Australia game performance is one that we should have really stepped up and taken uh but luckily enough reached the quarters and then you know that was a surreal opportunity and even though you know, it was a heavy score line. I thought the girls, we really put our bodies on the line and and, and worked really hard. And you couldn't doubt anyone's um, desire in that game to put everything out there. So, you know, I thought, yeah, proud proud of the girls and um, what we've achieved over, you know, the last 18 months, really, since everything, the amount of coaches we've had, the amount of change we've had behind the scenes. And then, the start of professionalism and new management coming in and you know building that trust and and that and that belief and um adapting our game plan i think you know we're starting now to see glimpses of some real good stuff from from us so i think our set piece took a huge step forward in, in the world cup as well you know our driving malls our scrums were, were, were very good so you know we're starting to see the foundations put in place now and i hope the squad can can really kick on and you know, for me, really coming home and fulfilled a dream. Waited a long time, really, for this World Cup to happen. I was like, oh, another year, and you know, I'm 35, so I'm not get, getting any younger. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't going to mention my age, Johnny. No, too much of a gem. <laughs> so yeah, and then, you know, for me, I've like always given. I feel like hopefully over 100 percent to to that jersey and to Wales women's rugby and to feel like I probably couldn't give that anymore. I, I knew that was the right time to to step away with a new cycle and everything gonna gonna happen. So yeah, you know, it doesn't make the even though I'm I know the decision's right for me, doesn't make it any easier when, you know, you've had some kind of identity and a sense of belonging for so long and then you're stepping away from that. So, you know, it it was a tough decision and one 
I'll probably be on a roller coaster of emotions with for for some time. But um, I'm excited to see where the squad can go as well now moving forward because I think you know good foundations have been put in place. Certainly getting there. Um, it sounds like you're reasonably happy with that um, sort of World Cup campaign. And was that part of the reason that you said, you know what, enough is enough. Um, I'll leave it at, you know, a World Cup in, you know, spiritual home of, of, of rugby, um, you know, got a quarterfinal, captain of my country. Do you know what? We performed very well, gave it our best shot. And that's a good time to go. Yeah, I think, you know, it is a combination of everything. What you just said is spot on, you know, a, World Cup and spiritual, spiritual home of, of rugby and you know we reached the quarters which you know was one of our one of our aims you know I think we look back we could have done better in, in some in some games in some areas and I would have liked to have achieved a little bit more but with that and then you know a good Six Nations campaign our best finish in, in a long time the professional contracts in place and then you know how my body and mind feel as well like and yeah just with all aspects considered, you know, it, it is the best time for, for me to step away. And, you know, we all work in World Cup cycles as well. You know, the vision will now be looking forward to 2025 in England, which will which would be amazing. And, you know, as I say, at the age of, of 35, would I be able to go for another three years and how my body feels? Can I give 100%? No. So I'm, I'm like, now, you know, now now's the right time to kind of step away and, let other people step in really and really build towards the next three years and then hopefully take on in England World Cup in, in 25. So, yeah, which is going to be amazing, exciting and, yeah, hopefully be able to watch from afar and watch them do well, you know? Yeah, I wonder what kind of watcher you're going to be. Uh, perhaps we'll catch up with you around the Six Nations and see how you deal with that. Um, as I mentioned, let's just, um, just whiz back. W- when did rugby grasp you? Um. Young age, really. Rugby grasped me. I grew up in Wanala's Rugby Club. My dad coached, my brother played, and every weekend was I spent down there and loved it. You know, that was that's what I looked forward to on the weekend was being down the rugby club. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't start playing until I was 17, and that was straight into senior rugby because there was no local girl side, or not many girl sides really at all back then, 17 years ago, you know, or 18 years ago now. Um, but I was probably the best serving water girl that Wanalith had. I was water girl for their first team every, every Saturday with my dad and travelled all around Wales supporting them um, and loved it. So then as soon as my 17th birthday was, I went training that following Thursday and I think I played the week after that. But I'd always had a rugby ball in my hand. Like I was always on the field, I had boots. You know, I'd, I knew the game really growing up because I was around it all the time and then yeah, I was playing the week after that, but started off in the centre somehow and then uh, gradually moved forward to, to back row, yeah. So, yeah, 17, I started playing and then went to university, played in uni in Swansea and then um, one of the girls, Neath Athletic at the time, was probably one of the best Welsh uh, sides in Wales at the time and it was like, come on, come come to Neath, play a better standard. So, with a heavy heart, left Vanalo to play in, in the Welsh Prem at the time and went there and that's when they converted me to to back row and I never really looked back, you know, and was part of the Wales extended squad from 2012 and 
was definition of team binge use, never made a campaign squad, was pad holder, was like extra training number, not announced in any Six Nations squads for, for four years. And then 2016 had my had my shot really and um at the age of 28. So I was like, oh, you know, the dream come true, you know. I thought my dream was to play for Wales, wear the red jersey and had huge pride and honor then and was like I've achieved something big here, especially after all the rejection. So many times I was like, oh, I'm going to give up rugby. I'm going to take up something else. Um, and then, yeah. And then I thought, oh, achieve a, another dream, go to the World Cup in, in 2017. That was a focus. And that year I also started a new job in Swansea Uni as head of rugby in 2017. And after the World Cup, lucky I had a, had a great boss at the time and he was I was like you know I want to really throw myself into this role head of rugby want to commit more to it now and really drive it forward because you know the rugby program at the uni wasn't really established much at, at the time and lots of things needed to change and he'd watched me throughout the world cup as a, as a great sport he was like no I don't think you should stop you will support you as a uni so uh keep playing we'll we'll, we'll get behind you and you know, one thing he always learned was you never get your playing days back. So so stick to it. So I did. And then, yeah, we'll win then. I'm, I'm captain in 2019. And then, you know, three years as captain. And then, you know, been through a big transformation, been through our, our toughest times to then coming out, having these professional contracts in place, you know, a good base now, good infrastructure, hopefully for, for moving forward to go into another World Cup and I'm like, where, where's the last six, seven years gone and how has all this happened, you know? And yeah, it's it's mad. When I think back and think of the, my story and so many times being like, oh, can I do this anymore? And juggling, balancing, working, travelling as well at the time to Bristol as well the last few years whilst working at Swansea University, uh, whilst playing for Wales and travelling to Bristol, like it's all been a busy busy few years but then got to fulfill a dream and be a pro rugby player for a year which is you know pretty epic and I, a lot of people said oh, I can't believe you're leaving your job in Swans University to you know be a professional rugby player at, at my age as well you know 34 35 I was like I'll never get this opportunity again it's kind of a now or never situation so family supported me and yeah so I've done that experienced that and yeah learned a lot as well um and then I'm kind of hanging at my boots. <laughs> you, we are indeed. Um, you're in a real reflective, reflective mood. Um, and yeah, we've we've had you on the pod here and and being in lots of different frames of mind. But yeah, you seem really, really re- reflective about it. Is it quite mad when you? I mean, that was a, a couple of minutes soliloquy, but you you were away and just reminiscing about it all. It, it was lovely. Um, but is it quite mad to think back? Geez where you've come from what what you've actually achieved when you look at it like that yeah I yeah I think it is so that's why like it's a lot in in a few years in a few years you know and at my age and I knew I wanted to have the opportunity to wear that red jersey once never mind 51 times and then when I think of everything that we've gone through um is is crazy over the years and I've had the biggest roller coaster ever like with the highest of highs and you know the lowest of lows and coming off the field and breaking down because like things weren't very good and I didn't know what the answers were and I didn't know how 
we take our next step forward as a squad. But you know, one thing that's never changed really is my care, passion, and and desire for for Wales rugby and especially Wales women's rugby and us wanting us to do well, but also for better things for the future. And I think you know, someone asked me like, "What's your biggest achievement?" And I think it's probably nothing on the field actually it's probably what we've managed to put in place for for the future of the game and hopefully like i've had the best times of my life playing rugby and made the best friends and um nothing beats wearing that red jersey but hopefully now it makes it better for anyone else who again who who's going to be in that fortunate position in the future and yeah i just I look back and I think, oh my gosh, so much has happened and so much we've come through. But I actually wouldn't change any of it, like the tough times, because it's actually made me a better person for one, I think. And for two, like if you don't go through those tough times, the good times don't come as well. So sometimes you've got to have that to to have the good times. And I, I've learned that over over the years, even though sometimes it's been tough. But yeah, it's crazy. I if I spoke to you like six years ago, I would never have said all of this would have happened. You know, it was one cap and I was like, yeah, I've, I've achieved something here. And I was kind of proud of myself then. And now I'm like, wow, lots has happened in six years. Oh, look, there's so much to to pick up on there. And I was going to ask you what your greatest achievement was, but you, you, you've you answered that question. It just seems to me, yeah, you're on a lease till you're 17 years of age. Then because of where women's rugby was, we're, we're, we're traveling we're making up lunch we're making up dinner at four in the morning because you need to be able to eat in between driving to to training and doing your job and, and all the rest of it you're not called into a squad for four years but this unbelievable ability it seems like you've had when you've had that opportunity you've grasped it with both hands hugged it and and, and refused to to let it go where's that 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 drive and passion come from perhaps you've touched on it with the with the passion for for your country and playing for it yeah I think um yeah I think even though I didn't play till 17 what rugby gave me as a young age just in the community club club in Manalo like I had a family away from family I had friends away from school and you know away from day-to-day life essentially with school like going up there, spending time, hanging out with the boys like every every weekend and just having people that you could rely on and I knew would be there for me no matter what. And so that, you know, taught me how to love something really. And they that made me fall, fall in love with rugby and, you know, watching Monalo. I remember like they were in Division 5, climbed to Division 1 when I was, when I was growing up and promotion and then relegation and all that heartache and stuff like and I love that journey that whole journey but the people made that definitely and then you know proud Welsh family um grandfather all my all my grandparents like I've always followed rugby and um you know a small a small nation and I've always been proud to be Welsh and I think all of that combined like made rugby just a huge huge part of 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 my life and yeah I think that was what gave me that determination but also like definitely my family and everything they taught me and the values growing up you know and and never giving up and you know sticking with something you believe in definitely has, has helped me me along the way definitely how often did you get back down to the club 
not as often as I liked, hopefully more now, you know, because we spend so much time on the road and stuff. But yeah, definitely, you know, a couple of times a year I, I get down there, but hopefully a little bit more now in the future and, you know, see see their teams play and stuff. And I know they've got a great, you know, they've always had a great junior section there, you know, all the way through from youngsters all all, all the way up. And unfortunately, the women's side there uh, folded a, f- a fair few years ago now. But so, yeah, hopefully a little bit more in the future but yeah Liam Williams also from uh Sanjay's also from Monalo and um a couple of of other players Nikki uh Smith as well so like they're they're really big supporters and really proud of all of their players that have come through there and you know always sending messages and getting behind and yeah they're building a new clubhouse there now and stuff so hopefully can do do some stuff with that and help get behind that as well and help with some of the fundraising that's gone on so yeah it's a great club and yeah I owe a lot to that club to be fair I mean that sounds like a, a sensational coach level five up to to level one is he sliding his CV into to Gats is he for one of the assistant roles yeah. I think he was back in the day. He tries oh. to tell me tell me now what I should shouldn't do. I don't know how much I listen to my Johnny, but yeah. yeah. Oh look, I mean, I'm conscious of your time, and it's always lovely to to chat to you. And I, yeah, I would I would love to to go into some more depth. But you, you mentioned there just you know possibly just just giving a little bit back. Not not that I feel you you have to in any way, shape, or form. But well, what's what's the plan now? You, you're still cracking on with with Gloucester Heartbreak, top of the top of the Prem 15s table, um, and obviously, you know, Linny, uh, Sean Lynn's got a, a an outstanding squad there, which you're part of. What's 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 the plan now? Uh, yeah, I think enjoy Gloucester Harpery this year. Um, give as much as I can to that. And, you know, I think they got a great squad there, but also a great bunch of girls. And like Linny's a great guy as well. So got a, got a great culture and a great social element as well to the squad. So I think, you know, just want to enjoy playing and playing for the reason why I fell in love with the game in the first place through friendship and, and everything else. So want to enjoy that. Um, and hopefully work within rugby in some format is is my hope, you know, and um give back to the game game somewhat. And yeah, that's my that's my hope. But being completely honest, like just spending December decompressing, spending time with family, enjoying Christmas with family and relaxing somewhat. And that that's my aim, aim the immediate aim for December. You know, it's a lot to take in and uh, recover as well from from everything, and you know, like it's been a busy year, so family time is important as well. I think at Christmas, so that's the immediate thing. But hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to to work in the game somehow. That's my hope, anyway. Is that you leaning towards a, a camera slash microphone, leaning towards a, a tracksuit, or leaning towards a, a boardroom? Um, do you know what? I don't know. I hope. I really enjoyed doing comms when I've done it, like on the side in, in the past. So hopefully maybe a bit of microphone stuff and hopefully in a tracksuit as well. I, you know, I hope I can do a bit of, of both of those uh, in the in the new year, I hope. So that's my hope, but we'll see what happens, I guess. There's little fingers and little pies there, which uh, you can't tell us about because there's a little glint in your, glint in your eye. Um, I just wanted to... to, to to finish off, if if we may, uh, a couple of these have been answered already, but um, so I've had to, to whiz them off. Just a quick fire round. It really is quick fire, like one okay. word. Best roommate? Elna Snowzill. 
Worst roommate. We have consistent roommates. I know this is quick fire, but probably someone like Hannah Jones would be my worst. Love the girl, but just because she goes to bed early. (laughs) They are good enough reason. Uh, Favorite team social. Oh, it's the end of campaign, night out. That's always the best. <laughs> Is there a particular, you know, the fancy dress that you remember particularly well or a theme or a particular weekend or? We've never done fancy dress, but one good one was um, Natalia John's mum's got a pub and we had the pub to ourselves essentially after after one campaign and that was a very good night. <laughs> Free nice. run of the pub. Yeah. Wow, that is dreams. I won't say no more details on that. Yeah, no, indeed not. Um, must just get the name of the pub from you, though. Um, favorite ground? Cardiff Arms Park. Favorite cat? Principality. Principality. Played there twice. That is absolutely the best. But Cap has been our home for the last few years, which has been special. Yeah. Um, favorite cap out of the 51? Gosh, that is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go number one because that was the start that was Ireland away 2016 Six Nations first game of Six Nations we did lose but like that was a huge moment for me and been so long getting there but then that was the start of the rest of it so yeah if I didn't have cap number one I wouldn't have had cap number 51 oh I can almost see you going back there and seeing the anthem Um, toughest opposition as a team? Uh, England. Toughest opponent? Um, mm, I'm going to say Marley Packer. Favourite match, if it's different from your first cap? Um, Favourite match? I was going to say Scotland game this, this year. Scotland, uh, Six Nations 2022, um, left it to the wire again. But yeah, it was just a, a great game and a huge game for us. The hope for women's, women's rugby in Wales for the next five to ten years? Um, more professional contracts. Um, stability, really, with that uh, high-end end of the game, making sure that bulletproof and it's sustainable moving forward and, and that commitment continues but then the development and enhancement of, of the pathways um so you know it's not just the high end of, of the game that is in a good spot we've got players coming through stuff to aspire to and 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 that you know also inspire girls to achieve other things so i think that's the biggest thing that i want to see over the, the next five to ten years is you know, all that club club structure up to pathway to age grade or or be in place and in a good spot moving forward. I think that's the biggest thing that we can achieve now. Brilliant. John, it's um it, it's been fabulous. Um you've given us loads of your time and been really, really honest and reflective. And it's been yeah, just a, a lovely, lovely chat. Look, the it seems to me, um I'm just gonna blow a little bit of smoke in your in your direction. You've just been on a, a crusade, and at times you, it felt like you were the only person on that crusade on that side for for the players. And you've you've achieved what you wanted to achieve. And, and many people say you want to leave this shirt in a, in a better place. And women's rugby and Wales at the top level is professional now. And 
a huge huge part of that is is, is down to you and it's been a it's been a pleasure covering you either in commentary or, or pod life um hopefully we will see you um on the touchline very very soon but thank you so much this morning thank you johnny cheers thanks very much To international news to bring you up to date with, rugby's global expansion continued as three new national unions were approved as associated members at the interim meeting of the World Rugby Council in Auckland back in November. St Lucia ascended to full membership status, while the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt and Syria were confirmed as associate members. Speaking of rugby around the world and expansion, China have won the Asia Sevens in UAE. It was the third and final round where the overall title was decided after China and Japan had won a leg each. It is China's first title since 2014. Playing in the capital, Mexico regained the America's North title and also won the region's first under-18 title. Staying in South America, Brazil hosted their first ever test match in Mogi das Cruz. Hope I've pronounced that right. The friendly against Colombia was intense and ended with Colombia victory by 25 to 17, but real promise from Brazil's 15 aside. Cameroon over in Africa reached the finals of the Africa Women's Cup, topping qualifying pool D with two wins and without conceding a point. West Africa completed three weeks of Africa Cup qualifiers with a tournament in Cameroon, featuring three of the continent's newest rugby nations. Cameroon, Cote d'Ivory, Burkina Faso, having also made their test debuts in 2021. Cameroon will now join South Africa, Kenya and Madagascar in the finals next year. The top two teams will qualify for the WXV. In Australia, the Super W fixtures have been announced. Kicks off late March 24-25th with a doubleheader with the Super Rugby Pacifica as the Waratahs host the Western Force. Jura take on the Brumbies and the Reds travel to the Rebels, both those on the Saturday Five regular round semi-finals and a grand final scheduled for Saturday, May the 6th, 2023. Hopping over to Europe in the European Trophy. Portugal are leading the way after hammering Belgium in their opening game. Also on five match points, Finland and the Czech Republic beating Germany and Belgium respectively. Germany picked up their win against Czech Republic. Belgium still winless. The competition recommences in February, as does the European Championship, with the Netherlands, Spain and Sweden going head-to-head. In preparation for that, Sweden took on Portugal last weekend, winning seven points to five. Far more dramatic than the scoreline suggests in that one. Now to New Zealand, Hannah Porter. You may know her from her playing days, but she's been the Black Ferns manager for many a year. She's now become the head of women's high performance at NZ Rugby. The World Cup hosts have also ended their season with their awards this week. Massive night for Ruhe Demont, scooping the Tom French Memorial Marty Player, the Blackferns Player and the Kelvin R. Tremaine Memorial Player of the Year Awards. Incredible year for her. Wayne Smith won Coach of the Year, Team of the Year with Blackferns. No surprise there. And Canterbury won two awards, National Team of the Year and their Coach Player Baxter picked up Coach of the Year. Michaela Blythe with his seventh Player of the Year. And Stacey Fleur's try in that World Cup final was voted try of the year. Still in the land of the long white cloud, New Zealand rugby have announced Dame Patsy Reddy as their first ever female chairperson. Alongside her, 
Card New Zealand Rugby Directors Professor Farah Palmer and Bailey McKay have been elected as joint deputy chairs. And one final shout-out, Andrea Di Giandomenico has retired as the Italian head coach after 13 years and leading his country to their first ever World Cup quarter-final. Great coach, really, really nice fella, has always done whatever he can to promote his team and his players. Yeah, real pleasure to, to interview and to chat to as well. He'll continue his role with the Union in training their other coaches. And we wish you the best for the coming week. Be nice to each other. Keep smiling. Stay safe. See you next week.